1: Enjoying one another's company to the glory of God next on Times of Refreshing. Join us. There are those folks that, well, we just enjoy their company, love spending time with them. Did you know that there is a way to do that in such a way that it brings glory to God? Of course. We're looking at the Fellowship of the Saints once again here today. This is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today we're looking once again at what it means to have fellowship with one another, from a godly perspective, and why that is so important, and how we can foster that, join us with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing Now. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
2: Go to Second Corinthians chapter 6. We have to be careful, because like I stated earlier, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. God wants us to get out into our communities and evangelize. He wants us to reach people. He wants us to touch people. He wants us to be a blessing, not only to the saints and have maintained fellowship with the saints, but to develop some type of relationship with people who do not know Christ. But in the midst of this, we have to be careful because what we don't want to do is allow people that do not know God to influence us. We want to make sure that we're constantly influencing in a positive manner that represents God. Second Corinthians chapter 6, Apostle Paul addresses this is- issue. He says in verse 11, he says, Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same I speak as to children, you also be open. He's saying, my heart is open. I'm sharing openly with you. But you guys are being restricted in your affections. You're not being open with us. He's saying, be open with us. I'm going to be open with you. Now you be open with me. He says in verse 14, he says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He says, for what fellowship has righteousness with what lawlessness and what communion? We just sung about that. What communion has light with what darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial? He's that's a son of worthlessness or wickedness. He says, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? He says, and what agreement? Somebody say agreement. And I think this is the critical point here. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? He says, for you are the temple of the living God. He's speaking to them individually. Saints, you are the temple of the living God. We come here together as the temple to worship in this sanctuary to praise God. But God doesn't live here. He lives in you. You. By the power of his spirit, we are the temple of God. And he says this. He says, as God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be what? Separate. He says, says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. And look what he says. And I will be a what? A father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Isn't that a powerful promise, y'all? But what we have to learn to do is come out. And and not apologize for being separate doesn't mean that we're not in the world and we don't. Talk to people and hang with people that do not know Christ. We should be doing that all the time. But we cannot allow what's in them to get in us. Can I have an amen? The church is so busy, busy trying to be buddy-buddy with everybody that we don't stop and say, hey, I'm going to go a little bit with you, but I'm not going that far. Can I have an Amen. And I'm not trying to be better than anybody. I'm just saying that in order for me to maintain my fellowship with God, I can't be going down the same road as you. But we've shied away from this stuff that made the first century church great. We've shied away from this stuff that made the first century church relevant and powerful in the land. It's because they enjoyed Fellowship amongst each other because they had fellowship with God and the fellowship of the saints was 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 powerful because they maintained their fellowship with God. But what's happened now is we've turned the church into some type of popularity contest When everybody's just trying to see who has the most members and who's doing the most this and that. And I want to I want to see I want to see who's getting the most people converted and filled with the Holy Ghost and getting them off drugs and addictions and bondages and sin and who's walking with Jesus. I praise God for our big building, and I. but the, the, the key is, who's getting saved up in here? Who's getting changed up here? What marriage is getting restored? Who's getting off drugs? Whose children are coming back to Christ? Who's going after God? Who's on it? This is what true fellowship res, should result in, and I think Apostle Paul, he was clear. He says, you don't have fellowship. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Hey, man, I'm your friend. I like you, man. We homeboys, but... But when you go there, I'm not going there. When my friend invited me to go, I thought I'd check it out. No, I'm not checking that out. I already know about that lifestyle. I came out of that. I'm not going back into that. And I'm just, this God pulled me out of that. Now you come out of that. Can I have an amen? And I think, and I think sometimes we, we, we miss the Lord's point. Jesus was around publicans and sinners, but he never allowed them to impact his lifestyle. He reached for them. He pulled them out. He preached to them. He taught them. He did all those things and healed them and fed them. And and he did all those great things, but nothing that was in them got in him. But oftentimes, and and let me say this to you, saints. Hear me now. You got to know yourself. You better know you. Because what happens for a lot of people, they say, well, you know, I, I used to be on drugs. I'm going back to the crack house. I'm pulling everybody out. You better know you. Don't you go back up in that crack house. You better know you. You better make sure you good and saved. You get up in there and start sniffing around, and next to you, know, the Lord saved me once. He can save me again. I'ma take a hit. The devil is a lie. Can I have an amen? <laughs> the devil's a lie. You better. And I'm in relationships too. Don't be going over his house no more. Don't be going over to her house anymore. God saved you from that. He brought you out of that. Tell you, tell them you'll pray, pray for them on the fly. I'll, I'll do a drive-by prayer. I'm not coming to your house. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you while you're driving by. Can I have an amen? People, well, I'm just going, we're going to go have lunch. We're not having no lunch. We're going to have lunch. we going yeah. You better know you. People don't know them because the devil is busy let me say this to you You try to give your life to god i guarantee you the devil gonna send so many people after you he gonna send them same people that rejected you lied on you walked on you they're gonna be calling you again asking you come on you know i just want to come on girl you know i was playing i wasn't serious come on girl just let me no well i just want to give him one more chance you don't need to give him no chance Wait till he's saved for about five, ten years, and you see that you see him praying in the Holy Ghost, and you ladies too. Pastor, I she says she love me now. Well, she love your money, man. You better come on, saints. Move on, brother. Go to <laughs> Ephesians chapter five. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter five. This is good because our fellowship is important. What are you fellowshipping around? Create strong boundaries around your life. Love yourself enough to create boundaries and relationships and in ways in which you allow yourself to be exposed. Our fellowship was with God the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We maintain that fellowship by walking in the light. And then we begin to enjoy our fellowship amongst each other. Acts chapter 2. But we've got to see this. Look at verse eight of Ephesians chapter five. He says, for you were once darkness. He didn't say that you were in darkness. He says you were darkness. All of us were once darkness in the earth. But now you are light in the Lord. Why? Because we're walking as children of light. He says, walk as children of light, even as God the father is in the light. He says, for the fruit of. Of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now look at the saints. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Finding out what is acceptable. Now I want to find out. If I want to maintain my fellowship and have fellowship as a church family, we've got to get into the Bible and find out from God's standpoint what is acceptable. What is acceptable to you, God? I know what the, what the world says. I know what the culture is saying. I know what certain churches are saying. I know what friends think is okay. But I want to stop with my life because our lives are serious, saints. And I want to find out, God, what do you say is acceptable? What's acceptable? I want to find that out so that I can maintain my fellowship with you And my fellowship with my brothers and sisters. I want to find it. I want to search it out. What's acceptable as a husband? What's acceptable as a wife? What's acceptable on my job? What's acceptable with my lifestyle? What's acceptable raising my kids? What should I expose myself to? What's acceptable in your sight? Oftentimes when we make decisions, we make decisions solely on the basis of what we think is right. We don't stop sometimes to say, God, what do you think is right? What's acceptable to you in terms of the way I dress, Lord? What you think? You think I'm, all, you think I'm good? Come on, Lord. Tell me. I want to find out what's acceptable. God, God, what do you think about my, my language? Is this acceptable to you? God, what's acceptable in the way in which I communicate with my wife? Am I talking to her the right way? Wow. wow. These are questions we have to ask ourselves. Apostle Paul said, finding out, the church of Ephesus, he's telling, find out what's acceptable to the Lord. I want to find out. Lord, what's acceptable in terms of the way in which I allow my kids to speak to me? Do I need to do some, some checking up in here? Some of us, let me say this. Saints, don't let your kids just talk to you anyway. Well, I don't like that. and that, The devil is a lie. Did you? You didn't buy nothing up in here. You didn't buy nothing up in here. You haven't bought nothing. Did you do? I don't want to clean my room. You go clean your room. Clean that room. Or you're not going to be sleeping on the roof. We just let the kids talk. And it's disrespectful. And it, I, I see this sometimes in the grocery store, y'all. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm saying, Lord Jesus. Mama, give me that now. I told you now. I want that kid. Now. Ah, they falling out. I was, I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I want to spank the kid for the parent. <laughs> Has anybody ever been there? And <laughs> you said it in your mind. If that was my baby we would be taking a praise break in the car. We got to find out what's acceptable to teach our kids how to honor their mothers and fathers and their parents so God will bless them and bless them and bless them. Amen? Find out what's acceptable. But look what he says. He doesn't stop there. He says in verse 11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather what? Expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the what? Light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you what? Light. We don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And in fact, our light exposes it. And this is what we need. The the greatest the greatest deception that the devil has made on this planet is convincing people that he doesn't exist. That it's just it's just that wickedness is just how you're supposed to live. They don't consider that there's a there's a there's a puppet master yeah. behind the scenes. But we who are in the light can see the puppet master. We see what you're doing, devil. And we expose that. We expose it. Because we're children of light. And our fellowship, we don't have fellowship with that. And we have fellowship with God. Saints, I want to close by by this passage of scriptures in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. And this passage is really, really good. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. All the way down to 11. And I pray this is our testimony. We have people that are coming and are giving their life to Christ. And Christ has brought you into the fellowship. He's brought you into fellowship with, with, with him and God the Father and with the people of God. And, then, and we develop a culture here within the church where there's awesome fellowship. We get to know each other because we're sharing. We're on this journey together. Apostle Paul says this in verse 3. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you, for you all with joy. He says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I like this. He says, I thank God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He understood these people were brought in, and through the gospel, there's fellowship that has been created through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The fellowship has been created. He said, I'm praying for you. I'm making mention of you in my prayers. He realized that, in essence, we're, we're in this together. We're, this, is, this is what God is building. He says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, be, look at verse 6, being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it into the day of Jesus Christ until Jesus Christ returns. Then this is my prayer for all of us as we enjoy our fellowship with each other, our fellowship with God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer is, is that God would complete. I'm confident that he who has begun a good work in you, he did not say for you. A lot of times we're just looking God for God to do something for us. But is he doing something in us? And this is why we don't have fellowship with darkness. We don't have fellowship with uncleanness. We don't get involved. Why? Because God has begun a good work in me. And I want God to complete it. And my prayer is, is that God completes everything that he started in your life concerning your sanctification, concerning your justification, concerning holiness, concerning righteousness, concerning love, concerning peace and joy and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, that everything he's begun in you, that he completed in you. That when people look at you, they say they see you going from glory to what? Glory. That they see you getting better and better as a Christian, that you're not your Christian walk isn't like this. That it's an ascension. And every day, Christ is making you more and more like him, that he begun this process in your life, but he's completing it. Why? Because you're in the fellowship of the gospel. You've been brought into a fellowship. And being a Christian is not just about punching our tickets. It's about being transformed. And fellowship is a big part of that. And when you're fellowshipping with someone that you, you're seeing transformed, tra- it, it, it inspires you. Man, I see you growing, man. I want to grow like that. There's something that happens when we see each other just maturing and growing. It's a blessing. Apostle Paul, he knew this. And he was confident that God who had begun a good work and then would complete it. Look at verse 7. He says, just as it is right for me to think this of you all. He says, why? Because I have you in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. He says, for God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. I love this because he's, he's talking about his passion for them. But then he says, My prayer is, is that your love for each other will abound. But he says, Number one, more and more in knowledge. Love is not blind, love, true love, is knowledgeable and it's discerning, it has found out what is pleasing to the Lord love true biblical love causes us to discern the difference between right and wrong it helps us to see clearly when we walk he says i want you to abound in in, in, in this more and more in all in, in knowledge and in discernment and this is what we need we need people around us to say hey man i love you bro but right now i can see you going in the wrong direction you think this is just a business deal, but these guys trying to pull you into something that's going to defile your relationship with God. We got to love each other enough to say, hey, man, before you, hey, let me, let me give you some knowledge here. There's something that, there's something I know about this situation that you don't know, but I love you enough that I'm going to tell you. It's a shame how we can be a, a, with people that we say we love. We go out and eat with them and they eat something and it's stuck on their tooth. And we don't love them enough to say, hey, brother, you got something right there. Just, you know. We let them walk away, go up the street, go back to work, all in people's grill. How y'all doing? But we say we love people. If we love them, what happens? We share our knowledge with people. If we say we love them, we're discerning enough. To partner with them. Apostle Paul said you should grow. He says in verse 10. That you may may approve of the things that are excellent. And that you may be sincere. And without offense to the day of Christ. He says being filled. With the fruits of righteousness. Which are by Jesus Christ. To the glory. And praise of who? Of God. Saints. Saints. I want to say this once again in closing. We're in this together. We're on a journey. Every single one of us is growing, is maturing. We're going through this process with God. Fellowship is a vital part of that. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with his son. Fellowship with the spirit of God. Fellowship with each other. If you, if, if, if all your closest friends now that you are Christian's, Are people that do not know God, you have to stop and ask yourself, where's my fellowship? Because I want to get around people that know God and are going in the same direction that God is going. Doesn't mean that we don't have friends that don't know the Lord, but it does mean that we're starting to gravitate towards those people who are participating in the same things as us and that are sharing in the same things as us. We're beginning to go down this road and, and change our environment. And sometimes it can be very, very uncomfortable. And that's why the church should be welcoming to help people go through this process. But at the same time, we have to stop and say, "What am, I want God to change my appetite because this is the only thing I know. Well, he's going to teach you some new things. And as you go through the discipleship process, the fellowship process, develop relationships, find your connections. You're going to find truly, let me say this, that iron does sharpen iron. And iron is going to make you grow. Iron is going to help you go to the next level. And we're going to find Philippians chapter 1 being manifested in our midst where love is growing in all knowledge and in all deserving.